Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. friends and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, I have been on this journey the last six years in investing in raw land. I've shared some tidbits along the way, but of course, this podcast is focused on you and trying to, to help you out. And I really had it on my heart today that I wanted to share with you some of the ways that I have changed my thinking about the land business as I've gone further in that career outside of my financial planning stuff. So when I first started in land, I really had to use and think about capital in a totally different way. I think anytime you're starting off something, you don't have the proof of concept, you're new to it. I don't care whether it's investing in houses or multifamily or land or starting your own practice. I fully believe that the best thing you can do is be lean and mean and as much as you can, bootstrap the thing, unless you have proof of concept already that you know how many dollars are coming in the door. So when I first started in land, what did I do? I I used uh, money that I had in the bank, which is the least risky thing you could possibly do, right? You know, I have the money, I spend it, to invest into the business as, as the, the equity of owning the thing, right? That, that nobody else was paying it except me. And as I bought my first properties, sent out my first mailers, that was all using just monthly savings that I had, which at the time, I think I was doing two or three grand a, a month maybe four grand a month uh, outside of the regular, you know, 401k type stuff, non-qualified monies is what I would call that. And as I sold the, the first couple of properties, I had a profit, right? I got my money back and some additional back in the bank. So my initial little, little, little flakes of snow got put into a snowball of a sort. And so it's a little bigger, you know, maybe I can easily palm it in my hand and it's, it's relatively in control, but I don't really have a history yet of revenue and expectations of knowing, Hey, every month XYZ dollars are going to come in. And still at this point early in my career in early 2018, um, it was the question of, okay, well, let me try this again and do it again. And so took some additional monies that we had from non-qualified and added to it. Now, the problem with doing this 
is that as you buy more and more properties, it becomes horribly tax inefficient, which is really the, the focus of our podcast today of the most tax efficient ways I can invest in land. Let me explain why uh, it was horribly tax inefficient to be doing things this way. So let's say that I bought three properties for $2,000 each, all right? And I have them in inventory. When I buy properties and they get put in my inventory, there's no tax write-off for that. It's just a part of my balance sheet that then once I sell it, I realize the cost basis, much like when you buy and sell a stock. You know, if you buy a stock for $2,000, you sell it for $2,500, you realize a capital gain at this time. However, in the land business, because everything is so short term, it's all earned income rather than a capital gain because we're trying to flip it within a short period of time and we do a lot of volume. And so therefore we're, we're considered a dealer is the term by the IRS. So everything gets treated as ordinary income rather than capital gains. So I use this example of buying three properties for 2,000 bucks, let's say I sold two of them for $3,000 each. So I've realized a gain of $1,000 for each of those properties, and I still have this property in inventory that I don't, is just sitting useless to me tax-wise. It's not doing anything for me outside of, I pay property taxes on it and I can write off the property taxes. And so $2,000 of my capital is sitting there doing nothing. Well now let's say with the $6,000 I have, 3,000 times two from the sale, I go and invest in more land. So I, I put all $6,000 back into the business in order to help the thing grow. Well the problem is now I owe taxes on the gain, which was 2,000 out of those six, that 6,000 bucks. So let's say I'm in the 40% tax bracket, that is $800 of the 2,000 that's gone. So of course you could withhold that and uh, put it away. We can imagine as I increased in volume where I wasn't buying one or two or three, but instead I'm buying 10, 15, 20 properties at a time, here I'm using my own money, recycling it back, but it becomes this horribly tax inefficient process because there's no depreciation. There's no tax write-off outside of the, the basic business expenses like staff and paying for mailers, paying for office costs. Uh, but the biggest cost of all really is of course buying the land itself, which I can't write off. And so if you're reinvesting your profits back into the business, then it gets to be a bigger and bigger and bigger tax issue and becomes harder and harder to track. I've loved doing seller financing over the years where they'll say the same thing, I buy a property for $2,000 and then I get $500 down and $100 a month over five years, 60 months. And so now if I want to buy more, well, I don't have all my money back yet. 
because the uh, $1,500 difference, you know, it's going to take me 15 months to get back my initial capital, and then I'll have several years of profitability after that. And so uh, I noticed this became more and more of an issue for me the more and more I did it between both capital and with taxes. And so I started partnering with other people and doing deals together with them. And so that helped to relieve a big part of the, the capital and tax problem where now it's not uh, all of my money going into it. I'm partnering with somebody and we're working together on it. And uh, my efforts are, are being more rewarded with virtually no risk. Because at the time it wasn't a loan and we would split the profits 50-50 or 60-40 or something like that. So that helped. But then with all the hard work that me and my, my team did, I was at the end of the day, making often less money than the partner. And it got to a point where I looked at the end of last year and I was paying out something like forty, fifty thousand dollars a month to partners. <laughs> and so I was like, huh, what if I could keep more of that money in our pockets rather than paying that out to other people? And now for a commercial break. Well, if you are anything like me, if as you go along your financial journey, you may be feeling confused sometimes about what to do. You're you're hearing advice from this person and that person. You're you're not really sure who to trust, what to turn to, and you're, you're feeling stuck, whether you're wanting to create multiple strategies. Of, and streams of income, or you want to look over your stock portfolio, or you're looking for particular reviewing over your specific situation, it would be my honor and my pleasure to spend 30 minutes to help you for free. All you have to do is text the word strategy, S T R A T E G Y, to 833-343-2986. Again, that's strategy, the whole word, to 833-343-2986. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. And now, back to the show. And I had experimented over the years with using some 0% interest rate credit cards, taking a loan out from my 401k, which I found to be incredibly tax efficient, where now if I bought something for 2,000 bucks, okay, take out $2,000 of really cheap debt, and I can pay that back over time, whether it's 12 months or 18 months or 24 months or whatever, and then do it again and again and again. But the problem was that those capital sources weren't keeping up with my needs. So it was this constant battle of how much of my own capital from earnings and savings am I putting in versus partnering with other people versus using a little bit of debt. And now, after having been five plus years in the business last year, and I was staring at this number, paying out so much money to other people, I said, how can I be just as tax efficient? And voila, the answer came of uh, what if I started to use more corporate debt? 
And so rather than using personal debt where I'm doing 0% interest credit cards, I start to establish credit for the company. And that, rather than costing me 40 or 50%, is costing me 5 or 10 or 15%. And as I started utilizing credit and debt more and more, I became more and more cash flow positive, more and more uh, profitable in the business to where uh, I most recently bought a $80,000 property in Door County, Wisconsin. I put in $20,000 of my own money and then I got a hard money lender that has his own company and provided $60,000 of financing. Well, the hard money lender charges me about 20% on that money. Well, turns out we end up selling that property for $200,000. And so his cut was was 12, 12 grand rather than um, 50 or $60,000. I had to pay a realtor as well too, but still I walked away with a $100,000 check as opposed to before it would have been 50 or $60,000. And I only had to use a very small fraction of my capital and earnings in order to do that. And so now I've expanded the same idea to, huh, besides property, what's my other largest expense? And it turns out that cost is mailing. And so now I'm using leverage on both mailing costs and on individual properties with hard money lenders and, and people like that. We're just so profitable now that the two biggest costs have been minimized, or at least this requires far less of my capital than it used to, to where now I'm really able to bank some dough. Now I will say um, this does comes with risk. You know, certainly there's always the chance a deal can fall apart. There's always a chance that maybe um, something doesn't work out and I could be stuck holding a bag of debt. The good news in my particular case is I have nearly at this particular moment about a million dollars a year coming in from terms contracts, those monthly payments I was talking about. So I have recurring revenue that I could more or less count on on a monthly basis. Certainly a bad economy can lower that number significantly, but even if it did, and now I have half a million dollars coming in annually, I certainly could cut other expenses and make the business a bit leaner and we could service that debt. And so there is a point at which I have to say no. There is a point at which banks are stopping being willing to lend money. And, and frankly, I haven't yet tapped every capital source that I have available to me, but I found it to, to work really great for the business, take it up another level. Uh, I would never suggest this for someone ever just starting out in the land business because it is uh, risky. And until you know what you're doing, until you've proven the business model, you don't want to take that kind of risk in, in doing it. But if you have existing revenue, existing cash flow, well, the risk is really relatively small in the grand scheme of things. So definitely, there's a lot to consider. There's a lot of, of variables and a lot of um, 
of considerations when you, you take this, but I will say it has made my cash flow so much better. It's made taxes so much more uh, efficient in that I don't have money tied up like I used to and really been able to, to bank. And that, at the end of the day, is what really vaulted us into being able to pay off our mortgage so much sooner that I talked about in an earlier episode. So um, a lot to think about and chew on. Um, Certainly this same concept is true in in residential houses, in multifamily, in self-storage, that um, the hardest thing that can happen is just getting started and getting the ball rolling. But once you have one or two or three or four different properties, well, now you start getting into this whole idea of refinancing and taking cash out from other investments that are already working for you. And you can just make this snowball be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Does it come with risk? Absolutely. This is not some risk-free thing. But this is the kind of chances that people take to become multi, multi, deca, millionaire type stuff that I hope to be on the journey myself to get to. So I hope this is helpful for you in learning how I'm thinking about um, this business and, and how I go about it. Know that I wouldn't take this kind of risk unless I saw the return on investment Um, that would pay me handsomely for this risk. So always keep that in mind. If anyone has any questions, they want to learn more about this journey and my land business, I highly recommend that you listen to episodes from the last few years where I give annual or quarterly updates on what's happening. And I thank you so much for joining me. Please feel free to reach out with any questions, Dave at at daviddeniston.com. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Deniston. Remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant, and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name 
or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded from registration. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.